you have single-handedly changed our family because of mastermind because i felt safe enough and realized with your help realized that it's not just about the picking up of the toys and the back talk and the productive conversation scripts it's not about that it's about healing myself and becoming a better version of myself and showing up and being able to be that way for my entire family I really credit you with doing something that I literally have not been able to do with countless therapists and all the journaling and all the thinking and all the meditating and all the things. It was because of you. So thank you for helping heal what I thought was unhealable. You're listening to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast with Randy Rubenstein, episode 24. So the big question is this, how do parents like us know that we aren't messing up the biggest role of our lives, especially when we happen to have a strong-willed child that's constantly pushing our buttons? We've all heard that kids don't come with a manual, so how can we know for sure that we're saying the right things or that we're getting this parenting thing right? Well, on this podcast for parents of toddlers to teens, we'll be giving you real tools you can use right away so that your kids will feel like they can talk to you about absolutely anything and everything. My name is Randy Rubenstein, and welcome to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast, where we believe when your thoughts grow, the conversations in your home flow. Hi, you guys. It's Randy. Welcome to the podcast. I am sitting here in my podcast studio, and I have Heather with me. And I'm going to coach Heather today on lots of things that I think you guys are going to relate to. Um, I just wanted to tell you a little bit about what Heather filled out on her application to be coached. She, um, she's a married mom. Her husband is involved, fun, high strung. Um, her favorite thing about him is a sense of humor and her biggest challenge with him is his negativity. His glass is half empty. And that's the main reason I invited Heather to come in here because in my Mastermind Mamas group, um, this has been a common thread recently. And, um, and so one mom, she kind of like, she chimed in and she said it's very triggering for her because her eight-year-old son is constantly with the negativity. And, uh, and what came out is that she's really worried that like, it's the number one quality in her husband that just drives her nuts. And so when she sees it in her son, it's super triggering. And so many other of the members started chiming in. I have that same situation. Why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? And I have the same situation in my life. I always have, but in mastering my mind, what we were kind of talking about before I started um, recording this is I laugh at my glasses half empty husband. I've learned how to laugh at him. I actually celebrate the glasses half empty a lot of the time. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I beat the living crap out of them. But <laughs> literally, like I can, you know, like Elaine on Seinfeld, how she like would push them. I, I get physical like that. Um, so I guess I should, maybe I shouldn't be so proud of that. Um, but it's, it's, it was always really triggering for me with my son too, until I learned to see it differently. Now I, what I see it is, you know, like 
I could be so glasses half full that, um, that sometimes I need like, I need some yang to my yin. Like I need somebody to be like, yeah, no, that's a terrible idea. And for me to be like, why is that a terrible idea? It only seems like the best idea ever. Like I could be uh, prone to every snake oil salesman out there. I could, um, I, I, you know, I want to believe in the best. I could, I want to believe in the best in people. I can ignore my gut instinct. And then I've got him over here going, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's, you know, and so what I've learned is, is that I need that in my life. And so now when he shows up and he's being glasses half empty, most of the time, 90% of the time I'm laughing at him. Um, and my son who, who I think takes after him, I just call them Larry David's, you know, like, and that's, you know, it's just the most ridiculous show ever. So we laugh at it, but it's easier said than done. Like you have to, you have to learn how to change your thoughts to be able to laugh at. Like, like I've learned how to be a master spinner and to say, well, actually I need a little bit of glasses half empty because otherwise I'd be broke. I'd be falling for every single person who'd tell me that they can solve this problem, that problem, and the other. And I would be so prone to like those, like, fast, easy fixes, you know? So it was interesting though, when the moms were all chiming in, because what I noticed was a common denominator. And I noticed this in your application as well. It's like overachiever mommy syndrome, Mm -hmm. right? Like we want to be, like you said, I said, what have you tried here when I, and I'm going to tell y'all what her challenges are in a minute, but, um, but Heather said, I've tried one, two, three magic. Um, I've read happiest toddler on the block, how to talk to so kids won't listen, love and logic. Like you've even taken a parenting class, right? Like you've read books, you've taken classes. And so that's what a lot of times overachiever mommies do. Listen to parenting podcasts. Um, that's what we do. And when, and, and when we really, if I were to sit here and like peel all the layers of the onion back, and this is for me too, like what is the ultimate prize that proves that you are the best mom ever and overachiever mommy has all been worth it? It's that you've got happy people, right? right? Like that's our trophy. We, yeah. we just want the people to be happy, <laughs> right? It's that simple. Really. It's that simple. So when we've got the partner mm-hmm. who displays unhappiness and, cl- and glasses half empty behavior. And then we, and we know that the little people are learning and watching us all the time. Yes. We want to wring our glasses half empty partners necks because we're like, do you know how I'm overachiever mommy? I'm reading books. I'm attending classes. I'm listening to parenting podcasts. I'm doing everything possible. And you're over here being negative Nelly. Like don't make my job harder. Right? Right. And so then we get super annoyed with them. And then when our little kids show up with their negative stuff, we're like, okay, A, evidence of not getting the best mom ever thing right. Okay. Because we need to have happy people and now they're not happy. And B, we want to blame someone. Mm -hmm. So we want to look at our partner and we're like, well, you know, cats in the cradle, learn this from you. Right. So we go to that place. And so what I heard with a lot of the moms chiming in, it was like, we all wanted to, there was a lot of offers of, well, maybe you could try this and maybe you could try that. And it really, and there is no judgment coming from me because I did this for so many years. Um, It's really, we jump into fix it mode Mm -hmm. because we want to control everyone. 
And we think that everything could just be just so if they could just behave the way we need them to behave to make life go so smoothly. And the truth of the matter is, is that fix it mode just complicates everything and gets all of our people super annoyed with us Mm -hmm. and makes us not a family team because nobody wants to be fixed because what fix it mode suggests is that we are trying to control them. It's, there's a lot of control there, even though it comes with the best of intentions. Like we do want our people to be happy and we do want to get this thing right. Um, when people feel like you're trying to control them, they will rebel mm-hmm. and they will think you're super annoying. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, okay. So I'm going to pass the mic over to you for just a minute. Um, and I just want you to kind of, um, Tell me, like, what is a recent situation that just felt like you had your hair, you wanted to pull your hair out? Can you think of something? Um, Yes, there was a day last week, and I can't even remember, like, the specifics of it, but shortly after we got both kids to bed, like, we just sat on the couch and looked at each other, and we're like, what are we doing wrong? This is too hard. They were both upset with each other. They were fighting nonstop. Matt and I are both exhausted. And he looked at me and he was like, it shouldn't be this hard. Mm. And I mean, I, I have to agree. Um, but then I, the, um, educator in me is like, well, it's developmentally appropriate for them to, you know, have a tough time with these things. And I was trying to explain to him about the frontal lobe and how it's not developed <laughs> yet. And I mean, it's just falling on deaf ears because at that point in the day, I he probably wasn't interested in what's developmentally appropriate. And I felt like I was just grasping at straws to try to come up with um, an explanation for why our children were acting like complete banshees. Because I do feel like as a stay-at-home mom, it is more on me than on anyone else kind of. And so I do feel like their behavior is like a direct reflection of the job that I'm doing. Mm. So there was a part of me that's like trying to defend them and trying to, but in the back of my mind, I'm really worried about the same thing that he is that like, God, are we completely screwing this up? Mm-hmm. You know, they just fought with each other and fought with us and we're disrespectful until they both finally just crashed in their beds. Okay. Love it. Honest everyone's going to relate. Okay. That is every parent I know's deep down true pain point Mm -hmm. is, am I going to screw them up? Am I screwing this up? Right. Right. And I think it's so interesting when you're, you know, as the mom, and I think this falls on stay at home moms and, you know, moms that work outside the home. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is supposed to come naturally. Yes right? Like, isn't this supposed to be coming naturally? Like, why is it not? Why when they, when they act up, mm-hmm. it's a direct reflection that we must not be that maternal. Yes. That we're doing something wrong. Right. That we're doing something wrong. And, um, and so I think that's why quite often we go to that place of actually, this is so super normal, right? <laughs> yes. Like, this is like, well, so-and-so said her kid is doing the same thing. This is super normal. This is super normal. So was the frustration that, like, did you get them to bed later than you had wanted? Yes. Okay. That was a big part of it. Um, And also, like I said, they were just fighting with each other nonstop. And then we're going through this thing right now where um, both of them are all about mom. 
especially my daughter. And when it comes to bedtime, for they love dad and want him all other times of the day. But when it comes to bedtime, they only want mom to put them down. And so it's genuinely getting to a point where I think he's kind of getting his feelings hurt. And I, I mean, I can see that and respect it because generally what we do is like we alternate bedtime. So like I'll do one one night while he does the other and the next night we flip. So that way we're always, each of us is getting one-on-one time with mm -hmm. him. And so when it's his turn to put my daughter down, no, I only want mom, you know, and has a full on meltdown. And then it makes bedtime unenjoyable for everyone. And we hate also that that's our last interaction with them for the day. We want it to we want to end the day on a positive note with our kids. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. This I is hate a putting them to bed when I feel like I'm angry with them. Oh my gosh. So many people are going to relate to this. Okay. So give me, so first and foremost, mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many layers that we could take here. Okay. <laughs> and this is common for everyone. We all, it's like it, in the morning, we want to separate for the day from a positive with hugs and kisses and love. And we want right. to separate for the evening. We want to, you know, we want to have peaceful dreams. We don't want to separate from that yelling, right. combative place. So, um, so we're getting them down when you're finally leaving the room for them to actually go to sleep. Mm -hmm. Tell me what time it is. Um, it was probably close to eight thirty. Okay. So, so they're just done. They're, they're done. spent. Oh, so tired. And four-year-old just dropped his nap too. So we're battling with that. He's like a bear by 5 p.m. Yeah, he's exhausted. it's summer and it's bright outside. And so it's it. He's exhausted. So he's exhausted. Yep. And, and I have a feeling he's a sensitive nervous system kid just by the stuff that you wrote. Um, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, come on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, so the main two things that you said were your challenges are in this scenario too. Sibling fighting and kids not listening. Yes. Okay. So something I learned years ago and it was just such a window and I repeated a lot to people is that when kids, um, when you miss the window for bedtime, mm -hmm. they usually get a second wind and yes. then they want to party until like, you know, like 10 o'clock at night. Right. And so, um, so the window is like dead asleep mm -hmm. between seven 30 and eight 30. Mm -hmm. I say that there is no chance I ever got my kids to seven, to bed at seven thirty in my life. Like my sister-in-law is so regimented. Right. She will get, I mean, sometimes she gets the baby down the baby who's almost three. We call her the baby. <laughs> um, I mean, there's moments like where they have periods where she's not napping well or whatever. And she's like, gets her down at like six 30 and then she comes and stays with me and she's up till eight. Like right. no matter what I do, yeah, like eight o'clock was kind of the magic number, but, um, but there are plenty of parents who have their stuff together way more than I ever did. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying like, I'm not naturally a regimented or systematic person. Mm -hmm. And if you miss the window between seven 30 and eight 30, mm -hmm. like all hell breaks loose. Yeah. So that is the goal, especially with a four-year-old with a sensitive nervous system. Who's just dropped his nap literally he needs to be like done with bath and books by seven 30, mm -hmm. like getting like out, like a sleep. Yeah. Seven 45, seven 45. Right. I mean, really right. wind it back. And, and, you know, even though baby sister, she's taking a nap still. Right. So she could be having a little time with daddy, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, there's a, there's some, there's some practical, elements here, which is the divide and conquer. And luckily you've got an involved hands-on daddy. Yeah. You know? So, um, and I shouldn't say luckily there's lots of 
great daddies out there, but right. he's hands-on enough that he's mm -hmm. getting his feelings hurt when they don't <laughs> yes. want them. Yeah. Which yeah. that's a whole, like I would say to him, just in terms of like boosting his confidence and helping him to just fully step into like emotional adulthood and not take it personally, that, that four-year-olds and two-year-olds, it's true. It's a, there's a reason I say mom is the nucleus of the family. Mm -hmm. They love dad, especially involved dad. Yes. But not like they love the mama. Yeah. They don't, I mean, they, they want us every second. Yes. Okay. And so, um, and so when he steps into emotional adulthood, he will take it impersonally and he'll be like, of course you want mom because she's your four and two and she's the light of your world. And you know what? When you're eight and 10, you're going to want the daddy because daddy's yeah. going to be the one taking you on all kinds of fun, cool adventures. Right. But that's how it's been in my family. Yeah. They're like, please don't come on the ski trip. You're lame. <laughs> you don't even, you, you don't even snowboard with us. Right. And when you're not there, we get to eat lots of crap. Yeah. So, um, so I promise you there will come a day where they want him way more than you and he'll step into that. All you have to mm -hmm. do is just remind him like how awesome he is and it is normal for them to want mom and how lucky are they to have a dad that wants to be with them. Right. Okay. So dad needs a little stroking just to help him get to that emotional adulthood place. We're going to divide and conquer. Um, there's some practicality here. Um, brother needs to be like mom, all hands on deck. Mm-hmm. We're talking, he's down. Mm -hmm. You're leaving the room at the latest 745. Okay. Okay. There is some preparation you're going to do ahead of time to establish this. Okay. And, um, and that's where I was really going to go today is for you. Mm -hmm. And it's really, I just, you know, I just did a, a podcast episode where I coached three different people. And every single one of them, there's one common denominator, and it's what I'm finding is with all of us, is it's really stepping into what I call our pack leadership energy. Okay. Okay. And that is our firm and loving, assertive communication. Okay. And as women, most of us do not have this naturally. Right. And I want you to know, I've got... Um, I've got some resources coming your way in August okay. where I'm going to take you guys through a live workshop where I teach about this stuff and we do this whole interactive guide. I talked about it in this other podcast episode as well. So um, where I really help you to start stepping into how do I develop this whole pack leadership mm -hmm. way of managing my kids and it doesn't come naturally to us as women because we're raised in a society that tells us that if we are too direct, um, that, you know, we're going to get talked about, about and labeled all kinds of hateful words right. and names. Um, but then we're put in this position as the nucleus of the family. And these little tiny people are like, Hey, when you're super direct and you let me know what the rules are and you don't waffle and waver, mm -hmm. um, I feel grounded and safe in the world. Mm -hmm. And then I, um, I stop acting out so much and acting like a little dictator. Mm -hmm. Do you have a little bit of that dictator dance happening? Yes. yes. And what, that's what another one of the things we've been kind of tackling is like, um, the back talk and, um, basically we've, I told Matt that I had, you know, read this whole thing about how backtalk is like tennis. If you like let the ball drop and walk away, 
then they have nothing to. So we've been trying that with um, Carter. And I, th I think it's going to take some time for him, for Carter to catch on that it's not going to get a rise out of us anymore. But also it's very difficult for Matt to do because he sees that yeah. our son is being disrespectful. It's and emasculating. stop that. Yeah, well, emasculating is probably a great word. It is, it is. He's got a deep belief as most men do is, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of the dads will say, um, we should just have to tell them the first time. Yes. Right? Because what is in their subconscious programming is the dad is the authority figure. Mm -hmm. And when he speaks with his deep tone, he says things one time and the children go running and doing whatever they need to do. Right. And, um, and, and, and maybe that worked back in the fifties and all, you right. know, it worked. Did it truly create a family that felt super close and connected where when the kids were like going through hard things in the teenage years that they were leaning on dad and asking dad for his guidance and advice? No, they were fearful of dad. They were scared dad was going to find out. They were going to great lengths to keep everything from dad. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, dad, when you, when you act like that super authoritarian style parent, mm -hmm. you may get people to, you know, act like little, uh, uh, soldiers and listen to you the first time. And you can think that you're big and strong and powerful, but at the end of the day, nobody's going to feel particularly connected to you. Mm. Okay. So what we know now is like dads change diapers and, yeah. um, and they're active participants in the family these mm -hmm. days. And, um, and we want everyone to be connected. And so, um, so that's just a limiting belief that eventually we, we dissolve for the daddies that are part of this whole parenting movement. Mm -hmm. It takes a little time. In the meantime, what we have to do is we have to just, you know, like do what we do, learn this new parenting conversation, mm -hmm. model it for our husbands. And mm -hmm. what ends up happening is, is, um, and this is all so stereotypical. I can only imagine that at some point somebody's going to say like, you're sexist. <laughs> you're, um, um, you go too much by stereotypes, but this is just what I've seen. Like, I just like to keep it real and talk about reality. And the reality is men, um, they always tend to go, not always, but a lot of times they go to the solutions. So if they see something working, yeah. they don't actually need a bunch of explanation. They're just going to do what they see working. Like I'll never forget when my, one of my kids was little and I heard my husband in the other room, put it, helping them put on their pajamas. And of course, just like you, they all wanted me at right. that time. They all, they all wanted to be with me. And he was super hands-on. And I hear him going, do you want to put your right foot or your left foot? You know? And it was like, he would hear something working. Right. And so he would do that. Right. And, um, and that will be the case with your husband as well. Um, but what I wanted to say is, is that the conversation about the new bedtime routine mm -hmm. will have to happen at a non-relevant time mm -hmm. before bedtime. Listen, bud. And it's going to be, and you're really going to use this pack leadership energy, which is mean what you say, say what you mean, be mm -hmm. direct, stop the okays on the end, mm -hmm. stop the sing-songy camp mm -hmm. counselory mom who's super sweet and fun. Mm -hmm. No, we're not doing that. It, when it's bedtime, it's mm -hmm. bedtime. Your body needs rest. There's a certain way we do things. Mm -hmm. So here's the deal. Tonight, after dinner, 
this is what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. We have this much time until bedtime starts. When we do bedtime, it's going to be bath, mm -hmm. books, bed. When the clock says seven, four, five, mm -hmm. we are done. There is no more talking. That's when your body needs rest. That's why we've been having so many, like, you know, so many of these, these issues where we're yelling at each other and we're not loving each other as much as we, you know, we're a team, we're a family. We love each other. We don't want to end our nights yelling. We want to have fun. Mm -hmm. So here's the deal. After dinner, we're going to have this much time to get, to have fun. And by 705, mm -hmm. it is up into the bath. Mm -hmm. Then after that, you get to play in the bath and have a good time. We're out of the bath by this time, mm -hmm. you know, really get specific. Right. And then you choose one book mm -hmm. we read the book and then we get to have snuggles and, and, and songs and do our, and do all our thing. Mm -hmm. When the clock says seven, four, five, we're done. There is no more talking. Mommy leaves the room. Mm -hmm. There is no more talking for the evening. Your body needs rest. Okay. Tell me what happens. What happens at seven? You're in a quiz. What mm -hmm. happens at seven forty-five, and why? Mm -hmm. Is it because mommy wants to be mean? No, I would love to party all night. Your body needs rest. You're a little tiny person. That's when your muscles grow. That's when your brain grows. That's when right. you get super smart. So that is what we're going to be doing. You mm -hmm. got the new plan, and as long as we follow, we'll have plenty of time for playing, for fun in the bath, for books. For songs, we'll have time for all that stuff mm -hmm. as long as everyone gets with the program. But if we run out of time and 745 comes and books haven't happened yet, guess mm -hmm. what happens to books? Right. Okay. You're really, do you see how I'm saying all this stuff and I'm quizzing him back, but it's that pack leadership energy, which I say is like the mama dog who's nosing her kids, her, nosing her little pups when they're roughhousing, like, Hey, knock it off. Right. Like she doesn't ever go to that yelling, growling, snarling place. She doesn't right. need to act like a predator. Mm -hmm. She just needs to tell them to knock it off. And guess yeah. what? If 745 comes and they're not knocking it off yet, those pups aren't getting books. Yeah. <laughs> and the first, and this is the other thing I want to say. When the books don't happen, mm -hmm. because the, inevitably, like we're disrupting a pattern. They've gotten a lot of bang for their buck acting up. They've gotten, like kids do not want eyes to shut. Because right. the fun ends, the party ends. Mm -hmm. And they don't care if it's tantrums and yelling. That's why you're so exhausted. Mm -hmm. Like they don't care. That's still a party to them because they're right. still awake and they're still getting your attention. So, um, so it's working for them. So when you disrupt this pattern with this firm, direct pack leadership energy and communication, mm -hmm. where you let them know ahead of time, what's going to happen. You don't ask for permission. Um, and then you do it. They're mm -hmm. not going to believe you the first couple of times. Right. Okay. So they're not going to believe you. So this is what we know. You got to lean into the suckage mm -hmm. because it's going to suck. Yes. It is. It is going to suck the first couple of times and you're going to have to follow through mm -hmm. and take it in personally and return him to the bed and return him to the bed and no talking and not making eye contact and not getting upset and just returning him to the bed, and returning him to the bed and returning him to the bed. Mm -hmm. It's going to be like, just know, mm -hmm. just be prepared. It's going to be terrible. Right. It's going to be terrible. 
it's just like what you were talking to me about before we start recording with the Ferber sleep training. Mm -hmm. Like three days it took you to sleep train him when he was nine months old. Right. And the first night, how bad did that suck? Oh, yeah. It was awful. Awful. Like stored in your memory forever. Oh, yeah. I I mean, I remember like right before that last check, I was like, we're giving up. Like this isn't working. Right. We're torturing him. him. And then about five minutes after that, sure enough, he was asleep. So. And then remember on night three? The doubt that comes in the heart of those, I think is one of the hardest parts. Like, it is. That's your, that's your brain. Yeah. Your brain will say, sabotage everything and yes. tell you how like, like even when you're doing that sleep training, like, oh my gosh, this is going to be deeply embedded in his subconscious. And I, <laughs> like, I'm going to mess him up forever. Right. Right. So we go to that place and, um, and that will happen. But remember on night three, mm-hmm. were you like, holy shit, I can't believe this yes, worked. I can't believe it worked. And I felt so accomplished yeah. that I stuck with it. I stuck with it. I found a problem and I solved it. Yeah. And I think that's been the hardest thing right now is that now they're a little bit older. Problems are significantly more complicated. And so part of what my husband and I get into is like, you know, I read this, I listened to this, let's try it. And then nothing ever works on the first time Mm -mm. because, and so then we, um, I don't know. Then I feel like I'm having to make up for his doubt and mine because he's always been so great and supportive about like, whatever you find that you think works, like I will follow right along with it. So let me ask you this. Okay. When he says little things that make you go to that place, uh-huh. are you sure this is normal? Like, what does he say? Yes. Say that? Yes. <laughs> are you sure this is normal? Uh, what did it... <laughs> he'll be like, this is really how it is. Okay. And it's yeah. just, it's the little, okay, like, I know what that okay really means. You're not actually okay with it. In your head, you're saying, like, there is no way that I'm supposed to walk away and let my son speak to me that way, right. you know, right. when he's, like, back talking or whatever. And so when I've adopted something new, because I'm always, like, looking and learning and trying some, and because they're growing and changing every day, so, like, the problems are growing and changing every right. day. Um, there's already a little bit of doubt on my part, but I'm going into it confidently at first, but then when he exhibits some doubt or when he is like questioning it, then I immediately go back to the, well, shoot, maybe I am wrong. Right. Maybe this doesn't work. Right. How long do we give this before we know it works? Or, right. 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 Um, and because I think that we are pretty good about presenting a united front, but because generally it is me driving that a because I stay at home and b because that's the dynamic that we've worked like because I taught for so many years like before we had kids he was like well you have a degree in early childhood education like I trust whatever you Mm -hmm, say mm -hmm. but then when it comes to actually following through on those things and they really go against like what he feels we should be doing Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. you know because of the way that we were raised and he's following everybody's following your lead Yeah, everybody's following my lead, and I'm kind of, to be perfectly honest, I've not really been in a position, I'm not a natural-born leader to begin with, so it's kind of an uncomfortable position for me, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, I care enough about it where I want to be the one who's driving the decisions, because... That's so interesting. You know what? That is your limiting belief there. (laughs) I'm not a natural-born leader, Mm -hmm. okay? And the cool thing is, is what these little children are giving you the opportunity to Mm -hmm. do is to 
prove to yourself that you are a natural born leader. Okay. You are. Yeah. And you were put into this role mm-hmm. to start believing it and to truly step into your own strength and, and owning like all your, you know, you said here, you said, um, I said, imagine a crystal ball, like in your dream life mm-hmm. back here. And, um, and you said, it's like, what would it look like? And you said a discipline problem arises and it doesn't rattle me because I know exactly what to do. Yeah. And I'm confident that I'm doing the right thing instead of second guessing everything. Okay. And then you go on to my kids get along better. My husband and I are both well rested um, (laughs) and everyone sleeps through the night. But here's the deal is when you truly step into that leadership, which Mm -hmm. is, yeah, I am a born leader. I've got this. Mm -hmm. And what I know is anyone who has ever been able to manage a classroom of children, has leadership energy beyond. It is the hardest job. Mm -hmm. It really, it is the hardest job in the world. And so to be able to stand up in front of a classroom of children Mm -hmm. and to know how to manage them, organize them, speak to them, have that, you have the assertive tone because you know, as a teacher, you had to have it or- Or they ran over you. Yeah, the wheels would be off the bus. I mean, you know, it's like you had to do it. So now it's a matter of bringing that energy home with you. Which I thought would like come so naturally. And there's something about when it comes to your own children. Like I, before I had them, I thought kind of along the lines that my husband, well, I have a degree in early childhood education. Like I got got this. this. Yeah, I got it. But, um, I mean, just when it comes to your own kids, I don't know what it is. It just... Well, it's funny because I have a lot of mommies that um, were my kids' teachers. So back in the day, (laughs) um, there were all of the, you know, young 20, mid 20 year old teachers and I was working with them on conscious discipline. I was teaching them conscious discipline, mm-hmm. and which is, for those of you who don't know, is a classroom management tool for teachers, which is really the foundation of my parenting programs. Um, because once I realized, I was like, huh, I'm using this stuff at home. This is not just for classrooms. This is for homerooms too. Right. And so, um, so all these teachers that really understood conscious discipline, well, now it's time to take it home. Mm-hmm. And they're like, why? It's a little different. Completely. And, and I can't really put my finger on what it is that's different well, about you're, it. But even the, no matter how much you love your students as a teacher, mm-hmm. you're not in love with them like you are your own children. Right. And, and you get to go home at the end of the day, I think having space from your students as opposed to with my own children, I don't ever have space from them. So I feel like there's never a chance to recover really from, right. Right. It's just jump right back into it. There's right. not a weekend to recover and come back on Monday morning feeling refreshed. That's the way such that a, I did. Yeah. That's such a good point. Um, you also don't have your, like you're also, your ego is not involved because right. Like we got a lot wrapped up in having these happy little people. Yes. You know, like we're like, do you understand? This is like my biggest role in life. Like I quit my <laughs> yes, job right. teaching. I went to all these ye- school for all these years to get all these degrees. And now I've left that behind. And right. here I'm all focused on you guys. And every time you show up in this defiant, unhappy mm-hmm. way, it feels like evidence I'm getting it wrong. Yes. So okay. I mean, just describes that perfectly. Which 
is really like our ego. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so anytime the ego comes online, it, it it's always going to sabotage things. Right. Because that's what the ego does. Yeah. Um, and you just, everybody, we've all got it. It's like, we just, we become onto ourselves and we're like, ha ha ha, nice ego. Okay. I think my four-year-old's just actually got a sensitive nervous system, you know, one or two hours sleep deprived. Mm-hmm. Um, he lives in his emotional brain like 90% of the time yeah. and, um, and he's going to freak out about stupid shit, Yeah, you know, and like, I've got this and I'm not taking it personally. And his behavior right now doesn't make me a bad mom. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to take some deep breaths. And like what we were also talking about before we started recording is we were talking about yoga and I said, you know, um, I'm not a yoga teacher and, um, and I, and like, you're not going to come into a yoga class and see me like doing all like the super show offy moves. Mm-hmm. I like yoga because it is a very tangible way to learn how to access the breath. And mm-hmm. it's the breath that allows us to master our minds. Like when we control ourselves and we lower our stress hormones, then all of a sudden our brains can think clearly and we can remember the crap that we learned on podcasts or in the one, two, three, whatever. Like, I don't want you to remember what you read in one, two, three magic because that's, (laughs) yeah, it's a whole other issue. But, um, but it allows us to remember all the stuff. I mean, you have years of learning. You went to school for this, you know, so you have years of learning, but yet it's the subconscious programming Mm -hmm. from the way we were all raised that authoritarian way Mm -hmm. that the world worked based on, sorry, bribes and punishments and rewards and all that old school way. Right. Right. That's what comes online. Even though we know that that stuff doesn't work in our modern world, Mm -hmm. it is not in our kids' best interest to raise them with that model Mm -hmm. because our world's changing too rapidly and we need them to grow up to be these like super confident, amazing change agents and thought leaders. And, um, and what that authoritarian approach does is it creates sheep. Hmm. It creates people who are meant to grow up and be like, like, punch a time clock factory workers. Mm -hmm. That's the whole, even the term obedient. Yeah. Like, we don't want our, our kids are not dogs. We don't want them to be obedient mm-hmm. and we're not their masters, mm-hmm. right? Like they are humans. We are human. We don't own them. Mm-hmm. And we want to, um, we want to raise them where they understand, like there is a hierarchy. We mm-hmm. are the pack leaders. That's why I'm the light of your life. And you want me all the time. I get mm-hmm. that. I'm the pack leader and I'm going to speak to you in this confident, firm and direct way. It's going to help you feel safe and grounded in the world. Mm-hmm. It's going to help you to grow into that amazing, confident thought leader that you're meant to grow into. But right now you're just this super emotional little kid mm-hmm. who's greatly affected by basic needs, like not enough sleep and not enough food. Mm-hmm. And so there's, and you don't want the party to end. You don't want to eat when you're hungry. You don't even notice the sign of hunger. Right. Um, you don't want to sleep when you're tired. You don't want to shut your eyes. And guess what? As the firm assertive pack leader, I'm here to say, and it's bedtime. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go to your bed, you know, and we're offering two positive choices and we're doing all these little, right. you know, tools and tricks and tactics to help them feel empowered. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. we're like, 
and it's bedtime. Your body needs rest. Mm -hmm. Do you want to walk to your bedroom forwards or do you want to go backwards? Do mm -hmm. you want a piggyback ride or do you want, you know, right. and so we make it fun for them. Right. But at the end of the day, it's bedtime. Right. And at 745, there is no more talking. Your mm -hmm. body needs rest. So just so we're clear, there will be no more talking at 745. Okay. Got it. Now, that's not camp counselor mommy. Right. Like some could even say that's a little bit, it's a little harsh. It could be a little bit, you know, yeah. and at 745, mm -hmm. but guess what happens at 730 after mm -hmm. the bedtime, after the bath time. And you're like, we got 15 minutes to yeah. have fun. Come, you want a piggyback ride or you want to go in there by yourself? Right. What book are we going to read? Right. Like camp counselor mom gets to come out during all that time. Right. We got all this time. Let's get this done. Because yeah. remember at 745, your body needs rest. There will be no more talking. Mm -hmm. okay. okay. Yeah. Do you see how when you step into that leadership and we really overcome your limiting belief of thinking that you're not a born leader when you right. run a classroom, <laughs> you know, manage these two children, mm -hmm. learned all this stuff, mm -hmm. right? When you step into that leadership role, can you imagine second guessing yourself when you're handling the situation like that? No. And that, and that sounds like so tempting just to do it, to feel that and know, you know, and that then if, you know, if the question were to arise from my husband, like, well, how many times do we put him back in bed before it's the next step to have an answer to that and to yeah. say, as many times as, many as it times takes, as it takes. Yeah. As many times as it takes, we're going to remember forever. We're going to remember that third night. We're going to remember mm -hmm. the consistency. Parenting is adopting a set of rules, mm -hmm. repeating them often, following through consistently. Right. Period. End of story. Sitting in confusion of, mm -hmm. should I do this way or should I do that way? Right. That's probably your biggest obstacle. Right. Right. I, yeah, I think so. That is it. So it's that it's that consistency and and truly owning your role and being like, I got this. Yeah. Right? Like I can tell, because we're meeting in person, like you <laughs> smile with your eyes. Like you, I call that smizing. My youngest son does it. When you're a person that smizes, mm -hmm. like you have joy within. Mm -hmm. Okay. Your kids have hit the jackpot. When you step into your glass, because your glass is half full person. Right. Right. So they got a glass is half full mama. Mm -hmm. Super fun. Right. It's super fun when glasses half full mama feels like she is stepping into her pack leadership energy. Mm -hmm. She's a whole heck of a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay. So I want you to remember that. I want you to start owning your leadership energy. Okay. And when your husband second guesses you, you're like, we've got this. Right. It's not a big deal. They're foreign too. Yeah. And this is, and we're going to remember Ferber and we're going to remember Ferber. We're going to remember how amazing it felt on day three. Mm -hmm. We, we're going to do that in all these different ways. We're going to follow through consistently. We're going to take it in personally mm -hmm. and we're not going to give in. Mm -hmm. And we don't have to be jerks when we're not giving in. We yeah. don't have to yell at anyone. We don't have to make it about our ego. Right. We're just going to let them be four and two mm -hmm. and we're going to do this. We right. got it. And I'm so lucky to have you sitting here next to me yeah. as a super involved dad. Right. Like who really does genuinely care about the outcome and, yes. you know, wants what's best for them. 
and wants and wants to have a deeply connected relationship with his kids. And, right. And wants them to want him. Yeah. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. He's like, why are they not wanting me? I don't right. know, but I promise you they will someday. That's what they tell me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Was that helpful? Yes. Very. Okay, good. Well, thank you for coming in. I'm going to let you guys go until next week. Have a great week. Bye. Hey, you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Mastermind Parenting Podcast is supported by my best-selling book, The Parent Gap. Usually getting a copy of the book and the audio version for you to listen to on the go would set you back around 20 bucks. But you can get both a digital copy and the audio book for just $5.60. It's my gift to you for being one of my podcast listeners. So head over to mastermindparenting.com forward slash book to grab your copy now.